Hilchus Tanvinitin, chapter chapter fourteen. So yesterday we talked about the individuals who cannot establish a chazaka, or you cannot establish a chazaka corresponding to the in, in their property because of various circumstances. Because again, the whole point of chazaka is that the alleged alleged uh, original owner's failure to protest suggests something, but in certain scenarios it suggests nothing. For example, he's very powerful if he's a child. All such scenarios like that, right? All these people who we said that they're eating in the field for three years proves nothing. If they have witnesses who testify that the owner sold it to them or gave it as a gift, even though they have no contract, that's a legitimate claim, obviously. With the exception of a gazlin, which we'll describe soon exactly what that means. Or a husband, when it comes to his claim, he bought his wife's property. What does that mean when we talk about a husband in his wife's property that he cannot establish a chazaka? Even though he has witnesses who are saying that we saw her sell it to him. One second, I just just said that. Like, give me a second, right? When it comes to property, which is the, uh, the words mean. That the wife comes to the marriage of the property and it becomes the husband's belonging. In, and in exchange, she receives, let's say the field is evaluated at $1,000. In exchange for her... She brings the field in the Yeah, in it belongs to her. Yeah, she's a woman. She has a piece of property. She gets married. And if they agree, the husband and the wife have to agree in these things, right? They, they, they determine what they, what, how they want to work their finances. So if they see this piece of property, it's going to be what we call Tsoyin Barzo. What that means is, is that if the field is evaluated at $1,000... He gets the property, and she gets in another another thousand dollars added to the amount of ruksuba. So whatever the standard okay. amount is, in the event that he has to pay a ksuba to her, which means she outlived him yeah. or he divorced her, she gets that value of the property, a thousand dollars. Now, what if by that time the field went up to hundred thousand dollars or down to nothing? Doesn't make a difference. Thousand dollars doesn't change. That's why it's called tsuyin barzel, iron cheap, in the sense that it's iron guaranteed to that amount, no more, but no less either. And it, the sheep comes from the fact that this arrangement was often done with shepherds, with sheep instead of land, but the same idea. Right? Here's the value, you guarantee this return, whether the value was up or down. That's where that term, term comes from. Or, for example, it's a, it's a field that he designated her and he said, listen, in the event that your, your, your ksuba has to be paid, here is the field you get. He doesn't give a dollar amount. Instead of giving a dollar amount to ksuba, he says, here, this land will be what you get uh, for, for your ksuba. Right? Instead of 200 zuz, this piece of property. Or it's a field that's, that, that, that's mentioned in the ksuba, which means that it's not designated as the payment, but it's mentioned in the ksuba as something she will get. I'm not sure exactly the difference between yichad or shakasav, but the two, different, two scenarios where the, he's uh, using the land as currency that she's going to get in the event that she's entitled to her ksuba, or, for example, it's a field that he evaluated as a present for her. This is the opposite. It's his property. And getting married, he's giving it to her when they get married as a gift, right? So he's saying, uh, let's say, for example, it comes time, let's say they get divorced, they get divorced and now uh, she wants the property. He says, what do you mean? You sold it to me. I have witnesses. I was here three years. You never protested. He said, I never protested because we were married. So that's not a legitimate claim. That's why he can't protest. Or, whatever that, or, or let's say they're still married and he's claiming it's his property. He bought it from her. right? Whatever the case is, the fact is these are properties where his unprotested use proves 
Nothing. However, if it's Nechsimolog, which unlike Nechsimolog, it's a different arrangement. Nechsimolog, that means that they get married. It's, she has the property. When they get married, she retains the property. It doesn't become his, it's still hers. Which of course means that if she passes away, then he inherits her, right? Because it's hers. You're expecting Nechsimolog. Yes, I'm explaining that right now. Yeah, okay. so that means that in Nichsim Lug means that the property is not is not his. The property remains hers. He's allowed to use it, but if he divorces her, she gets the property. She takes okay. her property and leaves. But in that case, if he uses it three years and she doesn't protest, he has approved as we said in Hilchas Ishus. In that case, sorry, means what am I saying over here? I I I I, I sorry. We're not talking about a chazak of three years. We're talking about a case where he has witnesses that say he bought it. Sorry. Okay. So in the first part of Allah Aleph, these are scenarios, pieces of property where uh, when he says I used the property, she didn't protest, that never proves anything, ever, because they're married. If he has witnesses that show that he bought it, let's say it's any of the first scenarios, a field, a piece of property he designated for her and for Aksuba. In all those scenarios, if he has witnesses who witnessed the transaction of him purchasing it from his wife, that doesn't prove anything. She's believed, if she says, I only did it to make you happy. I did it, we shouldn't have fights. Because you, you insisted. So, but I didn't actually uh, uh, really mean to sell it. I didn't, it, was, it wasn't genuine. She's believed and the sale is a void. Okay, so even as witnesses, fine. However, when it comes to Nechzimolur, which is a piece of property, which is... witnesses? Yep. Because she's saying, I only did it to appease him. I didn't mean to actually sell it. That's believable. However, Nechzimolur... Where, I mean, look where it's her property, and she, he's allowed to use it. That's the, he, in fact she has to let him use. It. That's the agreement. But it's her property. She owns it. She has no need to appease him to, to sell it, because the property belongs to her. The other property belongs to him, really, and he wants her to sort of like you know sell her rights, you know, so so that that he can feel more confident, and maybe he doesn't want maybe people, people are not going to do business with him because they're going to say, oh, I can't buy, I can't, I can't do business with you because then there's going to be a lien on the property from your wife. So whatever it is, she, there's different reasons why she'd be believed to say that I didn't mean to sell, I was just trying to appease my husband. She can't say I was just trying to appease my husband. There's no such thing. Why would she want to appease him? It's her property. She has no need to sell it to him. She has no need to feel obligated to sell it to him to, to make nicey-nicey, so to speak. There's no, no, no reason for that. Therefore, if there are witnesses that they saw her sell it to him, then he's believed that it's his. It's a good sale. Base. Case like Gazan in What's the situation where a Gazan has no proof? Once a person has been established that he tried at least to steal this field, even though he has witnesses that testify that he bought this field. So for example, he says this field's mine, he's been using it, and then we prove that he actually stole the field, not true, and we kick him out. Sometime later, he comes along and he says, and that's my field. This time I'm legit. I have two witnesses. They saw me buy it, right? And the witnesses testify, yes, we saw him purchase it. We even saw him pay money. We see it was a robbery. Well, the first was a robbery, and we proved he was, a, he, was, he was a robber, we kick him out. Then he comes back sometime later, he says, this time it's really mine, I'm legitimate, I have witnesses. And, here's the, and they, the witnesses testify he bought it, they even testified that, that he paid for it. But the owner says, the owner counterclaims, I didn't sell it, I only confessed to selling it in front of the witnesses, because I was afraid he would do, harm me. Right, this, this mafioso guy. In that case, Matthias said to me, we take the property away from the robber and give it back to the owner. He gets nothing because once you 
make an attempt that you've been proven to steal, try to steal this piece of property, then we don't believe that you actually bought it legitimately because the owner says that, yeah, the witnesses saw me buy it, but the witnesses, the witnesses, um, oh, I, I, I only sold it as a show. I didn't mean to sell it. Um, except, actually, over here, even the witnesses are not really testifying that, um, yeah, sorry, the witnesses here are not testifying that the sale transpired. All they're testifying is, is that this guy confessed. I hereby acknowledge selling the field to this person. They didn't see the transaction. They saw him make a confession that he sold it. So the guy is saying, I confessed out of fear. That's believed. And therefore, he can give him a refund and take his uh, money back. Uh, 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 he doesn't get any money because the guy, the guy is confessing to selling the field for $100,000 out of fear. He never got $100,000. So the, the a robber, we kick him out with nothing. But if the witnesses say that in front of us, we saw the, the robber count out money and pay for it in cash, but it's seen as southern Gaza, and we still kicked the robber out of the field. But in that case, the robber is at least entitled to a refund. Right? Because he did pay for it. The thing is, he forced the person to sell it to him. And therefore, a forced sale is not legitimate. Now, the truth is, is, that, is that usually if a forced sale is legitimate, when I force you to sell me something and I pay for it, that's an established sale. However, if you make a protest before, and if you say you should know that the sale I'm going to do tomorrow, I am hereby declaring it's against my will, then the sale is void. Over here, being coerced to sell by a person whose reputation of stealing from you is equivalent to making a protest against this person. I don't have to protest. It's, it's a given. He tried to steal the fuel from me yesterday. Today I'm selling it to him willingly? Of course not. So it's as if a protest was made on my behalf already. And therefore, the sale is void and the robber gets a refund. If there's witnesses who saw him pay for it. If there's no witnesses who saw him pay for it, the guy is saying, I never got a penny. I admitted to them that I sold it. And I admitted getting money because I, I was afraid. We believe him. Because again, he's, the robber has been established to have no credibility. He tries to steal it once, right? So the owner re, 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 refunds the money. If there's witnesses, he got money. Yeah. If he just admitted to getting money, but then later says, I never actually got anything. I admitted to getting money because I was afraid. Then we believe him that he never got anything and the robber gets nothing. No refund. All these cases where we said that you cannot make a chazaka if you're you know, working on the property for years, building or you know, you know, contracting, or if you're a sharecropper, which is like a gardener, or if you're a, 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 a caretaker, a guardian. They used the field for uh, X amount of years, right? The years required for chazaka, let's say three years. Okay? Um, uh, so and that meaning, and they did it after, uh, after their job was over. I'm sorry. Yeah, Gimel Ben Ho'uman, Ben Ha'aretz, Ben Ha'aretz. The child, right? We said in previous previous parak, those people cannot establish a chazaka. But if their children, if they are using the field for three years, if they claim that the owner sold to them or gave it to them as a gift and they lost the contract, they can, unlike their fathers, they can establish a chazaka. Because we wouldn't protest your construction worker in the field. But his son, what's the reason why you wouldn't protest him? He's just there. If the construction worker says, I've been in this field for three years. It's my field. I inherited it from my father who worked here, in the, you know, from my, who was his guy's construction worker. Then, the chazaka, the chazaka will not count. Because they're trying to claim it's theirs based on the fact that they got it from somebody who couldn't say it was his. Therefore, the chazaka doesn't have, have a good time. Remember, they have, to be, they, have to say something, they have to say two things. I got this field as a gift or I bought it. That has to be their claim. And to prove it, they have to eat through three years. You have to have both. So the proof they have, they were there for three years. But what's their claim? 
The claim is not that I bought it. The claim is like my father bought it and I got it from him. Yeah, but your father wouldn't be believed to say that because your, your father was this guy's construction worker. So the fact that you got it, you're saying you got it from your father, that proves that that's not a good claim. If, however, they have witnesses that the owner admitted to their father that he sold it to him or gave it to their father, then in that case, they get to keep the field, right? Now, this is obvious. And the question is, why does Ram even say it? If they have aid in it, if they witnesses that the father confesses, if they have witnesses that the owner, the original owner, confesses selling their father, they get to keep the field. That's obvious. Why does Ram even say it? And the Farshim have, have a hard time understanding why he even has to mention this. It seems to be self-evident. All right. Dalit. Ben Hagalson, the son of that guy who attempted to steal the field who was unmasked and kicked out. Despite the fact that, let's say, he, 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 this, this kid was in the field for three years. Yeah? He has witnesses that the owner confessed to his father, the goslin, the thief, that he sold it to his father. That doesn't count, right? Because, um, because he's claiming that he has it on account of somebody who would not be believed, right? Now, if the son had said, I bought the field, that'd be something else. The son is not a goslin, as far as you know, right? He's not from a family of known people who kill people, as we said. Right? He's just a, you know, there's a big difference between someone who steals and the murderer. If his family was murderers, we learned yesterday, that would be a problem even for the son. Because we assume he's in the same line of business, unfortunately, right? The mafia, you know, the family. But over here is just a guy who's known to steal property. So if the son said, I bought it for myself, that would be, that would be believed. Avil, however, Ben, ben Hagazan, the Gazan's grandson, if he comes and says, I ate here for three years, I don't have a contract, but I inherited this from my father, the son of the thief. That would count. Because he's not saying he got it from a thief. He got it from the thief's son. And the thief's son could say, I bought it. Right? What if this, this grandkid said, I inherited this from my grandfather? Ten in the Chazaka, that wouldn't count because his grandfather was the thief and he wouldn't be believed this. He himself couldn't say, I bought it and therefore the person who's saying, I got it on account of him doesn't count either, right? Because hey. the grandfather stole. Right, well, he was known to steal, right? And therefore, I, I have a claim. I'm saying it's my field. My claim is that I got it from, I got it from my grandfather, the Gazlin. The proof that it's my field is eighty for three years. Well, the, and no one protested. It's true you ate it for three years and no one, protest, no one protested. But you have to have a, therefore what? What are you saying? I ate it for three years and no one, no one protested. And therefore what? And th- therefore I get to keep it because no one protested. I, I was able to hide it from the owner. It doesn't count. You have to have a claim that because you ate it for three years, that proves that someone sold it to you, someone gave it to you. And here you're saying that proves that it's mine because my grandfather had it and I got it from him. Yeah, but that doesn't count. You can't say your grandfather had it. He's irrelevant. He's a thief. The fact that he was the person who had it between you and the original owner is not legitimate. Because right? he's not a, leg- a legitimate party of ownership that passed it from the original owner to you. Hey, a idolatrous Gentile, even if he ate the field for many years, his eating proves nothing because the person is presumably afraid to protest a, a goy in terms of the Rambam, times of the Rambam, you know, because of, of the uh, political landscape. Right? They were afraid of retaliation. And therefore, if the guy has no contract, the field goes back to the original owner, and the original owner does not have to make a shvua to the guy. The concept of making a shvua to back of your claim only applies to a fellow Jew, not to a non-Jew. And if a Jew comes because of the claim of a non-Jew, 
Now that's why he's saying he's in this field. He's like a, he's like a non-Jew in the sense that his eating is not a proof. So for example, the guy comes and says, what are you in my field? Get out of my field. Here's, here's a contract. I bought this field 20 years ago. Get out of here. And he says, well, I've been here for five years and I bought it from your non-Jewish neighbor. Right? That doesn't count. Because a non-Jewish neighbor is, is, is not somebody who... Well, the original one says it's not true. That guy stole it from me. And there's no star. Right. And so that's, that would be a, a, uh, uh, the person who's saying he, he ate there for three years and he bought it from a guy would not have a believable claim, would not be an acceptable claim. But, but you have to have a legitimate this, uh, claim as to how you acquired the field. And then the fact that you ate there three years unprotested proves that claim. But that, the claim has to be good. I got this from a Goslin, from a non-Jew. I got this from, 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 from Hefker. That, that's not a good claim, right? The Ram, it's funny, the Ramadan is going to tell us that more explicitly in Halacha Yud Beis. It, and one has to wonder why he waited till later. If you, he, he, he could see very clearly, he assumes we know this concept. He doesn't spell it out till later. But okay, Vav. What if the Jew who's coming and saying that I bought this field from your non-Jewish neighbor and he got it from you? He says, I was there. I saw this non-Jewish neighbor buy the field from you. That's believable. In that case, he's making a believable claim. He's claiming that I am a legitimate uh, 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 owner because the person before me who owned it was a non-Jew is legitimate. I'm not just making the assumption that I bought it from someone who's legitimate. I know he was legitimate. I saw him buy it from you. And then in that case, he'd be believed to keep it as long as he makes a to the original owner. Why? Because theoretically, if you wanted to lie, what could he say? I bought it from you. And I've hereby eaten it. The year is required to make a chazaka. So if he had said that, he'd be believed. Therefore, you believe when he says, I bought it from your non-Jewish neighbor who in my presence purchased it from you previously. After I saw him buy it from you, I said, here, I'll give you, uh, you know, what you just paid for it plus more. That's a believable claim. Because I could have said, I could have said that I bought it straight from you if I wanted to, right? So therefore, he's believed when he says it. Zion. He bought it from the, from the Gentile. Right. But if I wanted to say a lie and say I bought it straight from the Jewish owner, I couldn't say I could say that. So therefore, I believe when I say I bought it from a Gentile, and I and I can and I can I can I can um, vouch that he was legitimate as a purchaser. I saw him buy it from the Jewish owner. Therefore, my claim is believed. You don't. You cannot establish chazaka in the property of a child, and that's true, even if the child subsequently, hopefully, becomes an adult. Right? What does that mean, Ketzad? If you ate. In the, you, you use the property of the child for one year, for example. And then two years after he became an adult. And you're saying, you're saying that when he was a child, he sold it to me. Um, um, which is interesting because how could you really you know, claim you bought from a kid? But in any event, you're saying that you sold it to me, you gave it to me. And uh, I ate three years afterwards and I lost my, lost my star. And it's a clum. It doesn't count because the, that's the point. You cannot establish a chazaka if you're saying you bought it from a minor. You have to eat it for three years consecutively after it becomes an adult. Then, then your claim works. Then you could say I bought it from him and the proof is that I, um, that I have been it for three years. Now even though in this case it sounds like the Ramam is saying that the guy is saying I bought it from him when he was a child still. It seems like the Ramam holds that since if I wanted to, I could have said I bought it from him when he was an adult. 
as evidenced by the fact that I've been eating it for, here for three years unprotested by him after becoming an adult, he's believed to say, I borrowed from him when he was a child. Which is problematic because because that's a problematic thing. Why are you buying from kids? And even if you did it, who says the kid understands what he's what he's doing? So well, that's he was one year before majority. He was not a kid. Possibly, and that's considered an adult in terms of vows, but not in terms of of sales. So there's a lot what to discuss over you exactly how this works. But in any event, someone who establishes a chazak in the property of a child that that in other words he's admitting it belongs to the child. It's not publicly known. He's the one who share who, who clues us in, right? Shalom Rabbis many many years. The town of Omar and the this guy is saying Mashkenim biyadi. This property that I have been for many years, I have because it's a Mashkin. I lent his father, for example, a million dollars, and as the arrangement is, he gave me the land to use, and every year I use it, I deduct a hundred thousand dollars from the debt, and if ten years pass and he hasn't paid me back. I've been paid back by using the field and I give it back to him, for example, right? But here's, the, here's how much money I'm still owed. Since if he wanted, he could have said, I bought the property. Because the fact is, is that this is somebody who we don't know he's a kid. He, you know, he, could, he could have said, I bought it from the guy as, as an adult, right? Um, uh, so he could have said, I bought it. Then when he's believed to say that I didn't buy it, but there is a, is a, a, a loan on it that I'm owed. We don't know for a fact it was this guy's father. We have no idea whose it was, for example, right? He's telling, admitting it was this guy's father, and he's saying that, um, that, he, that he is owed money. So if he wanted to say that he bought it from the guy's father, he'd be believed. Therefore, he's believed to say, I'm owed a million dollars. I mean, assuming the property's worth a million dollars. He can't say a million dollars, the property's worth half a million. He can only say whatever the value of the property is or less. And therefore, he gets from the property its value, including its appreciation, you know, whatever increase in value, uh, whatever benefit the property gives him, he, he believe what, he, he's believed to use it until he's, uh, he gets his money's worth in the loan. And then after that, give it back to the orphans. Of course, if the orphans have you know, cash they want to pay for it, get the property back, pay back the loan, they can do that too. If, however, there becomes public knowledge that this property belongs to these orphans, and then this guy is saying, well, yes, but I was given it as a, as, as a collateral by their father to pay back a loan I lent. Then, so, so, so anybody is not believed. Because you can't make a chazak on the property of a child. And here, if he would have said, if he, if, if here, here, he doesn't have a migu. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't say that I bought it from the father because it's common knowledge that it belongs to these, to these children. And therefore, he has, to, he has to give the field and any value he got from it, whether it's produce, whether it's rent money to the children. And then when they become adults, takes them to Bezdin and says, your father owed me money on the property, and he owes me a million dollars, and then they do a court case. But you can't do this while the kids are, are minors. Tess. If the person ate three years of, uh, uh, during the father's lifetime, since he could have said, I bought it from the father, after all, he ate it for three years while the father was alive, and the father didn't protest, your father owes me money, and he has the right to collect that amount of money from the produce. He does not have to make a shvuah. Since he could have said, it's my property, and I bought it, he's believed to say, what he, with, he's believed to say and in that scenario, he would not have to make a shvuah. When he says, now it's your property, but you owe me this money, he's also believed to say without a shvuah. A guy who skips town disappears. Why? Because somebody's trying to kill him. Either the government, the king, right, or the mafia. The king wants to kill and execute him. 
You cannot establish chazak in this property. What do you mean? I was in this, this property for 20 years. Nobody protested. Yeah, because the guy was on the run. He was trying to, he was trying to protect his life. He doesn't have time for you and your, your, your property. Even if the machzik ate the property for many years, saying he purchased it, in that proves nothing. We don't tell the owner of the field, why don't you protest? Proves that you, you obviously sold the field. No, it's not true. He's busy protecting his life. If the whole reason why he skipped town is because of monetary pressure, people want money from him. In that case, he's like any person. If he doesn't issue a protest, you could establish a chazak in his property. Mirav, eleven. Wait a second. Okay. A person could establish a chazaka in the property belonging to a, a, a married woman. Case that meeting. A person ate part of. Uh, 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 you know, he started. He 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 uh, used the field for let's say a certain amount of time. While the husband was still alive, they were still married. And three years after the husband passed away, when the property now is the woman's completely, because she got it as, let's say, for example, as Aksuba. He passed away? Yes. And the, and the person using the property says, I bought this property from you and your husband. Now, let's remember, if he told the woman, you sold me this property three years ago when you became a widow, he would have been believed. Remember that. But he's not saying that. He's saying, I bought the property three and a half years ago from you and your husband while he was still alive. So, he gets to keep the property. Why? He could have said, He could have said, I bought it from you after you became a widow. After all, the fact is, he ate it for, let's say, three years. After the husband passed away, she did not protest. So he'd be believed to say, I bought it from you. So even though now he's saying, I bought it from you and your husband, which is a bit of a more of a problematic claim, because as we'll see, that's weaker, he's still believed. What happens, however, if he ate the property for three years or many, many years while the, they're still married and he's still alive? And after the husband passed away, he's only eaten it for two years. And he's saying, I bought it from you. Or, or, or even he says, I bought it from you and your husband. In the, in the, in the, chazaka, the chazaka does not count. Why does it not count? Because he's saying, I bought it from you and your husband. No one protested. Well, no one, well I was gonna, she could say that I, I, only two years has passed since she became a widow. That's why she didn't protest yet. She was going to protest. Now, he started eating the property many, many years earlier. That's true. But during that time, the woman's failure to protest proves nothing. Who's supposed to issue a protest if somebody's, if somebody's squatting on the property? The husband. Yeah. So the woman said, my husband didn't protest. I don't know why he didn't protest. But don't come to me with claims. So therefore, therefore, um, if he did not eat it for three years after the, she became a widow, then... Um, cannot claim it. He cannot claim it. Right, exactly. Because she relies on her husband to protest. Now, the husband started the process, maybe proves something, but he's not around to, to, you know, to issue a... Uh, he's, not part, he's, not, he's not a litigant. You know, you'd base. Here's what the Ramam says that we've been assuming the entire time. Any three-year period of using a field that is not accompanied with legitimate claim to explain why you're here, then the time you spent in the field is worthless. Ketan meaning. A person used a certain field to benefit for many years. And someone calling someone else says, 
What are you doing in this field? It's my field. Get out of here. Hashiva the guy responds, any idea I have no idea whose field it is. No one said anything to me. I came here one day, no one said anything. I stayed for a week, no one said anything. So I stayed for three years. He's not saying he bought it, he got it as a gift or inherited it. And even though he's not saying that, which means we should kick him out, we don't kick him out and give it to the other guy. This new guy who's saying it's mine, it's my ancestors, he has to bring some kind of proof. When he does, we kick the other guy out, but we don't just kick him out right away. Hey, he brings the animatis, then this guy has to give the field back. And we make him reimburse the rightful owner for all the produce that he that he took. Now we don't say to this person who's been here for three years, we don't initiate in the court and say, we don't say, hey, maybe you had a contract which you lost. He has to say it on his own, on his own suggestion. If he doesn't say it, he has to return all the produce. Similarly, a person is in the field, and he's in the field for many years. And someone comes along and says, what are you doing here? He goes, what are you doing? I bought it. Here's my contract. And then we prove the contract is, 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 is void, nullified. Worthless. But the chazak in that case, all the time he's been there is worthless. In that case, he has to reimburse the owner for all of the usage. Now, if he had been smart, and he would say, "Oh, I don't know." If, let's say, let's say he knew the contract was a forgery. If he was smart, he would keep the contract and hidden and say, "I had one, I lost it." But he didn't say that. He confessed having a contract. We proved the contract was nullified, and therefore he has to leave the field and reimburse the owner for his usage. You'd give him one second. Let's, let's, let's finish up and then we'll okay. go back to the a person, a person uh, comes and claims he has a field because he inherited it when he says I've been here three years I don't have my father's contract I don't know what my father's contract was but I inherited it so he has to prove his father had the field he doesn't have to prove his father lived it for three years all he has to prove is that his father is at least one time was seen in this field in an ownership fashion. And since this guy in front of us used it for three years, and he's saying that it was his father's, and we know it was his father, we, we saw his father in the field as an owner at least one time for one day, then he gets to keep it. If he has no proof it was his father's, he's saying, I inherited it and I've been here for three years, I got it from my father, but he has no proof it was ever his father's. And, the guy, and this guy is saying, What are you, your father? Your father never had it. It's my field. Here's my contract from 30 years ago. The original owner who has the witnesses that it was once his field gets it back. Because this guy isn't saying that the original owner sold it to him or gave it to him. He's saying he got it from his father. We have no reason to assume it was ever his father. He has no proof. If he has proof his father was seen in the field, you know, he was spotted there. And that proves nothing. Maybe his father came to check it out, but he didn't actually buy it. His father dwelled in the field as an owner, even for one day, and that is sufficient. A person used the field many years. And the guy protests and comes on and says, What are you doing here? So, what are you doing here? It's my field. And the guy says to the uh, alleged owner, It was once upon your field, I, I know that. The guy who you sold it to, that guy who you, who, who you sold it to, he sold it to me. 
And the original owner says, That guy, you bought it from him, he's a Gazan, he stole it from me, he kicked me out by force and sold it to you. But it never, it never was his, it's mine still. Since this guy who's here presently is admitting to this person who comes along and sues him that he was once upon a time his field, and he's admitting he didn't buy it from him directly, rather he bought it from somebody else in between them, and that person... He has no idea if he's legitimate and the original owner is claiming he's not legitimate. All the field and its produce goes back to the original owner, the alleged original owner, the protester, despite the fact that he has no witnesses that it's his because the guy admitted it's once his and he doesn't have a good reason to explain why he took away from him. If, however, this person says, the guy who bought it from you, who sold it to me, who you're saying was a thief, I have witnesses that he lived here for at least one day. Then he said, or he says, he says, no, it's not true. I saw him buy it from you. So therefore, I'm a legitimate owner. He gets to keep it. He has a tiny with chazaka. If he wanted to, he could have said, excuse me, I bought this from you directly. And I've been here for three years. That would be believed. So therefore, he could have said that. He's believed when he said, I saw that guy buy it from you. He's not a thief. Or for that matter, I, I have witnesses that he, they saw this guy living in the field. And therefore, we could assume he was legitimate. You're saying he stole it from you. I don't know who's telling the truth. I know we saw him in the field. I know I have been here three years. I could have said I bought it from you directly. Therefore, the claim is believed.